Welcome back to episode number 77 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everybody's voices, guys. So I do appreciate the comments and questions coming to me. I just had a couple fun ones the last couple hours. So I'm sitting there at work. I'm trying to chart, wrapping up the day for the week. And I uh, got a couple come in and, and uh, just wanted to kind of go through one of them today and um, touch on another one that I got a while ago and I just been kind of thinking about it but it hasn't really come up yet so we'll talk about it today um, we're at 9 15 16 somewhere in there on Facebook like guys we're 85 we're so close we got like what eight days we got eight days we got a little over a week a little over a week share the show share the heck out of it Spread the word, guys. Let everybody know what's going on. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is one of the reasons that we do this show, the reason I want to do this show so we can we can bring things to light and say, oh, maybe this is a bigger deal or maybe this is an issue that's kind of sneaking out there and uh, maybe it's affecting more people than we know about. And I've only had one person t- talk to me about this or at least send it to me. And I just started thinking, man, that's just weird. Why are they doing that? And then it kind of clicked. I think I have a reason why. I think I figured it out. So anyways, I got a, I got a Facebook message from someone. I'm not going to use names. I didn't say I, I didn't get permission. But I'm going to use the state because I want to see if anybody else <clears throat> in this state has had the same thing happen to them. South Dakota is the number 22 state, the 22nd state, and the latest one to get full practice authority. And so what, what someone sent me was a comment about a contract that is being renewed since the adoption of the free of the uh, full practice authority in their state and they've added some terms and the terms were a little eesh, pretty scary kind of a rough go of it if if i were to see it first blush and you didn't work there i would tell you to walk away they don't they don't trust you or like nps it's pretty pretty sickening to be honest with you uh, and this is the first time i've ever said don't do that Absolutely don't sign that contract. Now, whether she does or not, or he does or not, it's up to them. But here was the terms, and I'm not going to use exact terms. I'm just going to use order of magnitude. Order of magnitude meaning you'll get the gist from the information I'm giving you. Uh, Non-compete agreement was added into the contract, which is fine. Sometimes they'll add it. Maybe they realize they didn't have it before. Now you're full practice. You could walk out and go be a competitor of theirs. So they're trying to protect their business, which tells me they're scared of you. That means you're doing a good job. So keep doing a good job. That means that you're a professional and you're kicking ass. So keep keep doing what you do, and they'll stay a little bit scared of you. That's okay. They can be scared. That means that they, they uh, respect you. So that's a good thing. Um, but the terms of this one <laughs> were pretty rough. It was several hundreds of miles in radius, which is, you know, half of the state of South Dakota, you know, I mean, it's probably, probably, you know, all the way, the height of the, the state and most of the diameter. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It was huge. It was huge. It was the size of Ohio, this restriction. And I'm not exaggerating. It was the size of our state. That's, that's oppressive. Now, the, the comment that was, you know, that was made in this was, you know, I'm not really worried about it, you know, because I don't really plan on leaving or, or competing, so whatever. But the point that I have is that's just plain disrespectful. It's just dis, dis, disrespectful. But how far of an area do you see patients? What's the farthest distance someone's going to travel to you 
to see you. Now in this practice, and in this, maybe it's a specialty, and I'm not gonna say it is or not, but if it's a specialty, I could see it being a fairly decent size. And in South Dakota, there may not be a lot of that specific type of practice. So maybe they do travel that distance. Maybe it is reasonable there, but man, in Ohio, I, can't, I just can't imagine. That's huge. It was a huge number. It was shocking to me. That was one thing. Now, the other thing that I thought that was probably even more despicable, to be honest with you, and unnecessary, was that they put a purpose statement in for the reason of the non-compete. And so it, it basically says that that the, the limitation is being specifically stated to... Um, to be done to protect the safety and public good. And it's, I'm gen generalizing because I'm not reading it. But but it was just, you don't need to say that. Now, in some statutes that I've read, and I've read a decent amount of statutes across the country now, so I'm getting more experience nationally. Of, with, and then that's a good thing for my opinion because the more I know about what's going on in your states and what your issues are, the more headaches that I know that maybe we're going to have hurdles in Ohio. And so I'm good with doing this. And I'm, I like learning about other areas of the country because then you never know. I may want to move. I might want to do that too. And maybe I'll pick a state that has the least oppressive <laughs> rules for, for nurse practitioners. I don't know. I don't plan on moving. I like Ohio, but, but you never know what, what's going to happen in the future. So this one, it really sounded that it was like some of the legislative language that I've heard in the past about protecting public safety and welfare and all those things. And it's completely unnecessary because it's between you as a nurse practitioner and that provider or that the owner of that company, whether it's a physician or a group or whatever, because it's just your contract for employment. Whoever the employer is, that's who's signing this. It's not even a collaborative agreement anymore. It's just an employee contract, employment contract. But it was just, wait, wait, why, why the hell would they have to say that? And so I started thinking about it and I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if the state medical association has been giving guidelines to the the physicians in South Dakota since that the full practice authority passed to change the agreements with the employees the nurse practitioners to include this language because the statute doesn't do it anymore they feel compelled because of the safety issues out there that they have to say it. And it's just some pathetic attempt to retain control of something that they've already lost control of. Does that language matter at all in that contract? Absolutely not. It has no teeth, it doesn't mean anything, and in a contract, if there's words that are ancillary that don't mean anything, I would scratch them out of the contract and say, unnecessary words, delete. They're overly burdening the contract. Why make? Why print another piece of paper? Why make a contract ten pages when it can be nine? And so I, I just, I, I looked at that and I'm like, really? That's just a thumb in your eye. It's just. But if, if you really like this practice and the, and the people there are, are great, whatever. But I would be, you know, if that was my my collaborative, former collaborative, but still employer, I'd go and say, what the hell is this? Why would you even put that? And where did you get it from? So if you find out where that came from, if it came from a state association, we need to turn that stuff in nationally. If you guys are seeing these oppressive words in free practice authority or full practice authority states, 
that are oppressive for no other reason than just to be jerks, you need to be calling or emailing or texting or going to meetings for your state association for nurse practitioners and letting them know about this stuff. Because if it's happening to you, chances are it's happening to other people. And if we could bring it to light why or where it's coming from, we could just we could we could end this crap. We got too many of us. We could we could make them feel pain like they've never felt for just being jerks. No reason for it. Don't be that way. Now is it petty of me to want to think that way? Probably. But I don't care. I don't care. Don't act that way. Don't act like a jerk for no reason other than just to be a jerk, and I won't be a jerk to you. So um, I really appreciate the, the exchange that I had with you um, in South Dakota. That was fun. I'm going to call you South Dakota from now on, by the way. So um, keep those things coming to me, guys. I really appreciate it because it was really enlightening. I would have never thought that somebody would use um, petty petty differences because they lost, you know, their side lost. And you put that in a contract, especially for somebody that's already working for you and is doing a good job. There's no reason for that. Now, the, the, the non-compete, whatever, but there's no reason to put in there, uh, we, we feel that you must, uh, you must abide by the non-compete because we don't agree that the safety, efficacy, and efficiency of the nurse practitioner is nearly as good and your training isn't nearly as good as ours, so therefore you, you aren't really allowed to um, be full practice authority, so we're going to make your overburdensome uh, collaborative agreement and we're going to use contract terms to prevent you from doing it anyways. And that's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to keep you from competing. They're trying to keep you from acting to the fullest extent of, in, the, in the law. In which case, um, that might even be a phone call to the attorney general. Ooh, ooh. I don't know if you want to go that route. You'd probably get fired for that one. They probably wouldn't re-sign your contract. But that's that was um, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like they're just they're they're trying to take legislative um, efforts and put them into personal contract mechanisms. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm an anarchist slash, you know, minarchist slash libertarian, leave my ass alone and I'll leave your ass alone type of person. So if I want to contract with somebody to do it, I, I feel like I should be allowed to do that. However, this is pretty petty. Um, I think that they're doing it in a way that's just backdoor mechanism to do essentially the same thing. And if, you're, if your employer is really happy with what you're doing and otherwise wouldn't, you know, where the hell this is coming from? So I encourage you to try to find out. Ask them where they got this contract language from because it sounds a lot like they're trying to um, legislate from a contract. They can't get the legislature to do what they want them to do because they passed your, your state law. Uh, and, and so why don't we just do this? We'll just have all the, the, the uh, uh, physicians in the state of South Dakota redo their contracts with all of their nurse practitioners that currently have a, a contract and we're going to make it so burdensome that they'll never be able to go anywhere else. But you can go work for another physician. You just can't compete with me inside of pretty much the entire state of South Dakota. Sounds like they're, they're just trying to be stifling competition for the sake of doing that. I don't know. I don't know if there's any cause of action against that because it's a contract. You're willingly a participant to that. I don't know. I wouldn't sign it, though. As a matter of course, as a matter of principle, I would tell them to stuff that crap right where the sun doesn't shine. That's just me, though. I'd be like, you know, I ain't signing that. You can stuff it. If you don't think I'm doing a good job and you don't think I'm able to do this job, you being petty about nurse practitioners 
has nothing to do with our, our contract. If you don't think I'm doing a good job, then we end this deal and I go somewhere else. That's what I would do. And then what you do is you tell them, screw off, I'm not signing that deal, and then you open up a shop right next to theirs. Charge half the price. Take all their business. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Anyways, great, great exchange. Really appreciate it. A lot of fun. Uh, scary, that's for sure, too. Uh, but very, very cool that that's out there. That um, it's a weird way of trying to get around something. I wouldn't have thought of it. I'm not going to lie to you. I just wouldn't have. I'm, I'm not that that petty. I wouldn't have thought of doing that. It's, it's uh, interesting how they're trying to do it. So, anyways, anybody else? You, if you're out in a in a free full practice, I keep saying free full practice authority state, and you have seen a contract term that's like that, that's really overbearing, uh, just to stifle you from being able to to practice, you know, to the fullest extent of your your scope. Email me Jeff at the npdude.com. I want to see these things, or you can catch me on Facebook. You can you can uh, catch me at the npdude um, on Facebook. Don't forget the the you have to put that or you get some guy in the other side of the world. So the NP dude on Facebook, you can always PM me personally as well. That's how this person got me, which is uh, Jeff Powers. You can always catch me that way too. I'm good with it. Next thing I want to talk about, I, I got a, an email um, or I can't remember Facebook message. I don't know from somebody from from Paul actually out west. Paul again keeps sending me stuff. He's, this guy's a rock star. Um, and this one was just because I'm in Ohio, and he sent me this this information that was um, not the most glamorous headline, and it was basically the highest death rate of uh, from opiate abuse of overdoses is in Ohio, which I kind of knew it was pretty high, and um, but it's on the other side of the state from me, Paul. It's over over by Dayton, which is southwest Ohio. I'm in northeast Ohio. But regardless, it basically is if you follow the Ohio River, it, it's it's where where all of the, the deaths are happening. And, and I was talking about this today with somebody at work, and they're like, yeah, that's because the Ohio River, they're actually bringing the drugs in up the river. Like they're boating them in, and they're, they're bringing them in through the little port towns, the old steel mill towns that are all ramshackled, you know, and they don't have resources to fight crime in these little towns. It's just crime is rampant in these little old steel mill towns that have been empty of business for 30 years. And and the, the, the article basically was an anecdotal article about a father whose son passed away from opiate addiction and, op- and he overdosed. And, and how this was a, you know, a normal, healthy, happy human being and just happened to get addicted to heroin and next thing you know he's dead and and it happens all the time and it doesn't matter what class you're talking about and there's a huge amount of diversion that's happening with with pills from from uh, actual prescription medications that are getting out there they're all over the place people I mean I, I can ask a dozen people I, I can have a dozen people a week and say hey are you getting pills off the street and I would I wouldn't be shocked if they said yes and I ask every new patient, "Are you using?" And you'll you you'd be surprised the number of people that are saying, "Yeah, I bought a couple of pills. I you know I was I was having some pain and I felt kind of off and I just you know I feel bad or I was down and depressed. I figured I'd just take some pills." It's happening all the time. It's ridiculous, and it's both pills and it's heroin. It's all of it. It's happening all over. And and the the question that Paul had was. Um, what do you see as the you know the future at least in Ohio with respect to Suboxone and Narcan use and um, how how do we fit into that and I've talked some about that in the past Paul 
So go use my search box about Suboxone and waiver training and all that stuff in my view of addiction. It's all in there. And the big answer is it really, um, it's really not getting well treated. It really isn't. It's, it's a political talking point about how bad it is and they're going to earmark funding here and funding there and funding everywhere. And there is allegedly funding out there. The problem is, is that from a nurse practitioner standpoint and a medical standpoint, there's limited resources for us to be able to use those tools. So Suboxone, I've talked about this with Kara. We're limited by our collaborative physicians in Ohio. So we have to make sure our collaborative physicians are getting their waiver training so that they can do it so that we can do it. So that's a big hurdle right there in and of itself because there's a lot of physicians that don't want to do addiction medicine, especially in family practice. They're like, no, I don't want those people coming in. I got nice clientele, and especially in nicer areas of the state where, they, where they're you know, not necessarily uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and, and lower income, where you've got private insurance and professionals. And the last thing you want is, you know, addicts, you know, Jones and in the in the waiting room. And, and so I think that there is that that stigma. Now, do I think that's really who it is? No, because I've seen people that have been addicted and you look at them and you'd never know who they were. You can look at people and say, yeah, I would have never guessed that person's an addict. Now, some people you can look at them and say, I'm better they're an addict. And they may very well not be. <laughs> they just might like playing in grunge band, you know, and it's the stigma. And so I think that that's a, that's a stigma that needs to change in a lot of family practices, regardless if it's a physician or a nurse practitioner. And I think that it should be almost mandatory for nurse practitioners to get at least the waiver training in school. I think every nurse practitioner that does family practice needs to understand addiction. It should be part of the core curriculum. It just should. It really, really should. And it would, it would help understanding of those issues. It would help understanding because you see them all the time. I do anyways. I see it all the time. What are some of the other hurdles? I've said this before, and I'm, I'll say it again because it's that important. There's not enough counselors. There's not enough. The AA meetings and things like that, there's tons of them out there. But the, the resources to get people to go to them is, is low. So it's hard. It's you know to, I, I just said the other day to somebody, okay, let's get you into some AA meetings, and I, you know I'll help find them for you. I'll, we'll we'll call around and find when you can go and get them set up. We'll we'll get you to go. No, I don't do AA. I'll do it on my own. Well, okay, well that's not going to work, but whatever. And so just trying to get people to go to those resources is difficult. And then and then on top of that. The idea of using Suboxone, now Narcan's a different issue, I'll give that to anybody, but Suboxone, the, the problem is is that if you don't have the institutions in place to do the actual treatment, the actual treatment, again, I've said this before, that's the therapy, that's the counseling, it's the group sessions, it's the, um, the AA meetings, it, it, that's the treatment. The, the Suboxone is just a band-aid so that you can focus on the treatment. It really is. And so if you if you think that, that you want to get into addiction medicine, anybody out there, and you're, you're like, well, I know it pays fairly well. Medicaid in Ohio pays really pretty good for that because it's paid typically through the mental health board rather than through, um, through the medical side of things. It's more mental health, and that pays substantially more. That's a great way to do, do it to keep, you know, to bolster your practice. But the problem is is that if you don't have the resources in place, then you're not going to be effective. You're not going to help people. And and you know you, 
do you really want to be the same equivalent of a methadone clinic, a suboxone clinic where you're just giving out medicines that are easily diverted? I just, I don't, I don't like that plan. I don't think it's a good plan. So I, I would encourage you to get the waiver training, anybody. Paul, get the waiver training. You can even do it before you're done with NP school. You know, everybody can do this. You can just go take it. It's free. All you do is put your email in, sign up for it. You can do it through ASAM or you can do it through AANP if you're a member there. You can actually sign up and get CLEs. I would encourage you to wait till you're done, though, only because you can get, you know, 24 hours of actual CLEs or CLEs, CMEs. I keep saying CLEs. It's continuing legal educations. Yes, I still do those, too. Those suck. <laughs> i got to do 24 hours every two years. Not that bad, hours-wise, but most of them you have to do in person. you got to do 12 of them in Ohio in person. It just takes, it's so expensive. It takes so much time out of your day. They're usually in you know hotels and someplace, and they're expensive. It's expensive. Anyways, but you can get your CMEs for that, that buprenorphine training or waiver training. And, uh, and a lot of it's pharmacology. I think it's like 14 hours, 12 hours. It's a lot of it. This is uh, pharmacology. So if you need pharmacology hours anywhere in the country, it's recognized by AANP, which should be recognized by your state as well. Shouldn't be a problem. Anywhere in the country, I would bet it's accepted. So those are the pitfalls that I see with it, Paul. I, I don't know what else um, you want to hear about it, but it's really it's sad because the, you know, the politicians are all saying, oh, we've got this, this uh, funding source and that funding source and... and um, yet we're still seeing people die every day somebody just died in our town not not too long ago like a couple days ago another one in the paper see it all the time one of our one of our patients was in the paper again just od'd and was you know found somewhere and and one of them made it and another totally different person died it happens all the time it's very sad so that being said, I, I, I wish that there was more resources. Now, as far as, as um, Narcan, I've been told that there's certain agencies throughout our community that do have them, uh, that have Narcan kits that you can just go pick up for free. Okay, I think the health department was one, they said, in our, in our county. There's other places, fire stations, some of them will give out Narcan. Some of them won't. Some, so I, I would encourage people to call their local uh, health department, call any of the pharmacies, you can sometimes get free ones at pharmacies and see if there's free ones available in your community that you can direct people to. Um, I prescribe it. I prescribe Narcan to people. If I see people that, that say, yeah, I buy pills off the street, I'm like, you want Narcan? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm going to prescribe it. You go pick it up. Put it in your glove box. You got it. Put it in your purse in case your boyfriend ODs or whatever. You've got it. Um, so I, I don't have a problem. If I, if I know somebody's family member is, ha- is having an addiction problem, I'll prescribe it to the family member and say, here, take this. Here's two of them. Here's a refill. You can take them. Get them refilled. Keep them, in your, keep them with you. So at least you can try to keep them alive. So, uh, and, and I haven't seen any real shortage. Now, I was told that some of them were not carrying it anymore and that in some places of the state they were having a problem getting, getting a hold of it because they were using so much of it. But I, I, I haven't seen it personally. I just have heard rumors, and I'm not sure that's true. So I, I wouldn't bank on it. But if you are prescribing an opiate to anybody, I would encourage you, if you do one prescription for an opiate, you better be doing a prescription for an Narcan. Second to it. Just just do it. It's not worth it. It's a cheap medicine, relatively speaking. Save a life. Great comment, Paul. It was a great article. It was interesting. It was sad. It was very sad. I read it. I was like, oh, man, this is a buzzkill. Whatever. Ruined my day, Paul. Made me sad. But anyways, 
I do appreciate it. I appreciate you sending me stuff. It's great. Keep it coming. Keep sending me stuff. That goes for all you guys. Email me information, any questions, concerns, issues, problems, headaches, stories. I don't care. I want to hear what you guys got going on. I really, I really do believe that the more that we hear, hear each other's stories and, and problems and issues, um, the smaller the world gets. And the smaller the world gets, the easier it is to manage. That's how it works. So keep sending me stuff. Jeff at the NPDude.com. Don't forget to catch me on uh, Facebook and like the show. We're getting so darn close to that to that thousand mark. We're so we're almost there. We're right there, guys. We're so close. A couple more shares. This last show, I think I had six or seven shares. I'm going to tell you, I had like 1,800 people um, visit that that uh, Facebook page for my last show. That was pretty high. That was pretty high for me, just on that one that one show. So the, so people are people are clicking on it. People are looking at it. People are checking out the show, and I'm getting more and more comments. I've gotten another couple ratings on Facebook and I got another couple on iTunes. So keep doing that too. The higher we get, the more numbers we get out there, the more people are going to say, "Oh, this is this is maybe something legitimate to listen to." And maybe there is some value there. And maybe you guys can have some fun too. So, anyways, tell me something here. Here's what I want you guys to do. I want to hear somebody give me a story, something funny that happened to you. I don't care. Some funny the funniest thing that's happened to you at work. The funniest thing you said to somebody or the the just the weirdest situation or something like that. No, don't blow a HIPAA. I'm not gonna blow a HIPAA for you, but just get just lighten the mood a little bit. Buzzkill after after Paul's last message you sent me. Ugh, Paul. Give me something happy. Somebody tell me something fun. So send me that, Jeff at the MP Don't forget to catch me on iTunes and tell your friends. We'll talk soon.